Hello, friends. Welcome to Village Idiots of Christ. We're nuts for Jesus and just playing nuts. Um, we're in John 17 today. We just went through John 14, 15, 16, and 17. Or no, John 18 today. Excuse me. We just went through John 14, 15, 16, 17. These amazing proclamations Jesus made about the kingdom, about us. I mean, our oneness with God and just amazing stuff. And now we get into 18 and 19, which is Christ's crucifixion and death burial and all of that. So 18 and 19 are difficult. We're going to go through some hard stuff, but it's what it is. And so we're just going to go through it uh, a a verse at a time and talk about it. And uh, I read the footnotes on this, so I think I'm in good shape for it. So again, you know me, simple verse at a time, just talk about what's important. So here we go. So again, 18, 19, and then 19 and 20, or uh, then 20 and 21 are his resurrection and meeting with the boys on the beach and all that. So, but 18, 19, 18, we're, we're going to go halfway through it today, uh, through Peter's betrayal of Christ, and then we'll finish it next week. It's just too much. There's this, it's a long chapter. So there's a lot happening, and I don't want to rush through it. This is Christ's crucifixion. This is important stuff. This is why we're saved today, because he shed his blood for us. This is, And this is how it happened. I love the fact that God chose to in four different accounts from four different perspectives i love that multiple witnesses of the same event that is awesome that god did that uh, so let's just jump right in when he finished praying jesus left with his disciples and crossed the kidron valley and again we just did all the prayers these last four chapters are all the things he told the disciples and prayed so now they're going across the kidron valley on the other side there was an olive grove and he and his disciples went into it now judas who betrayed him knew the knew the place because jesus had often met there with his disciples so again they're going to the olive grove and judas knows where it's at so he's about to lead the soldiers there and it's a place where they had often met so judas came to the grove guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and pharisees they are carrying torches lanterns and weapons Man, just sad isn't it <laughs> Jesus is a man of peace and they got to have weapons, you know, just, again, you know why, but it's still sad. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? So Jesus, in boldness, yeah, he knew what was coming. He knew before the creation of the world what would happen to him someday. And today's the day. This is the day it happens. And so he goes out to the people coming to arrest him. He says, who is it you want? Uh, Jesus of Nazareth, they, they replied. And Jesus said, I am he. <laughs> he said, I, and this is, this is cool. Okay, let me, let me do this again, because this is cool. I, I want to read this right. Okay, so let's read this again. Let's read the whole thing again. Watch this. This is so cool. And there's a lot of speculation about what I'm about to read. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, said Jesus. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus says, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. I want to see the video on that. There's so much speculation. Was Did power come out of him? When he said, I am he, was it it's like, I am who I am kind of thing? Was he declaring himself to be God? There's speculation about it. And it's down here. Um, it's in the, let's see. Oh, it says, uh, in verse 6, it says, now here's, here's what the commentary says, although I don't agree with this. The men, uh, part of it, the men may have been startled by the boldness of Jesus' question or by the words, I am he, a declaration of his divinity, or perhaps they were overcome by his obvious power and authority. 
I think, again, I think supernatural power, when Jesus declared who he was, this is my opinion. But when he declared who he was, I am he. It's like, you wonder if the Spirit just, because the Holy Spirit was in him. We know that the Holy Spirit just knocked him down with his declaration, I am here, or I am who I am, you know. Basically, you know, I'm God. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they all just fell down. I just love that. I, want to, I definitely want to see that. If there's video in heaven of this, I want to see that. And again, <laughs> that's, they're all on the ground. And watch what Jesus does. He's so nonchalant about this. He's about to be crucified. But watch what he says. And he asked them, he asked them who is it you want? This is Jesus asking them, who do you want? And they said, and I bet you this time they said, um, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. I bet you they're like, ooh, what happened to us a second ago? Um, and uh, he, uh, and, and <laughs> I bet you they were real careful the next time they said Jesus of Nazareth. And, uh, and, then, and, then, he, and then Jesus answers in verse 8, I told you I, that I am he. Jesus answered, if you are looking for me, then let these men go. This so happened that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. So they're on the ground. And Jesus said, man, who are you looking for? And he said, Jesus of Nazareth. Said, well, I'm he. I told you, I'm he. And if you're looking for me, let these men go. And Jesus did, other than Judas hanging himself, Jesus lost none of his apostles. Now, that's amazing because they were publicly with him. And it, it must have been the, the Spirit of God uh, moving, you know, guiding the, uh, the Sanhedrin and stuff. Because you figured, you know, you take out the leader, which is what they were trying to, the Sanhedrin, they were trying to, to knock Jesus off, get rid of him, because he was a threat to their power. You figure, okay, you get rid of the, you get rid of the head, of, uh, you get rid of the head, you got to get rid of all the guys behind that. Getting rid of the head is good, but, you know, you got Peter and John and Andrew and all these guys, and they were publicly with Jesus all the time. So it's, it's, it's a, 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 a sovereign move of God. God didn't want any of the boys at this point. That later on, they all died except for John. They all were martyred. But this wasn't the time for them to go yet. So God supernaturally, Jesus said, I'm not going to lose anybody. And God somehow turned the minds of the Sanhedrin and those who were dealing with Jesus. Just turned them away from the apostles. Which is a miracle. Because again, you go for the leader, then you want to get the guys right behind the leader. Just to, to you know, they want to extinguish this, this uh, cult, as they called it. This, you know, this Nazarene cult is how they saw this and so so uh, i have not lost one that you gave me so again god fulfilled christ's words right there i love that then simon peter i love this i love this then simon i love pete man don't you love pete don't you love pete one minute he's drawing a sword and cutting off a guy's ear you know a few hours later he's denying christ this guy rolled the emotional roller coaster i get pete i'm the same way have you haven't told have you haven't noticed i'm a little emotional <laughs> <laughs> I love Peter though. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest, uh, high priest servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter. He commanded him. He didn't give him no option. He said, "Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me?" Let's unpack that whole thing. Um, <laughs> I Pete is awesome. You gotta love Pete. I mean, he is a flawed guy. You know, he ended up denying Christ. He rebuked. He's the only apostle that rebuked Jesus. You're not. When Jesus said, you know, hey, you know, we're going to go in and I'm going to be crucified. And he said, that'll never happen to you. He rebuked Jesus. And this guy was driven. Uh, the guy that plays him in the um, in the Chosen does such a marvelous job, this guy. I don't remember his name right now. But... 
that guy was driven, man. This guy was a machine for Christ. I mean, this guy was the natural-born leader. This was the guy. They, Jesus picked this guy because this guy's natural-born leader. But again, he was emotional. And so he cuts off the, the, the Malchus's ear. Don't you love Jesus? It's not in this account. But Jesus, if you've read the other Gospels, Jesus slaps the guy like the way some preachers that He just slaps, he slaps the ear back on the guy. He says, here, have your ear back, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus is so awesome. He's so amazing that he he picks the ear up out of the dirt because it fell on the ground. He cut Jesus. Peter cut off Malchus's ear, and then he picks the ear up and puts it back and heals the guy. The the, the video on that in the Passion of the Christ is amazing. The guy just kneeling there gets his ear back and he just can't move. He's in shock that this guy that came to rest. And I, I bet you that's exactly what happened. So. But, I mean, I love Peter, man. That's why, you know, I compare the heart of Peter and the heart of Judas. They both denied Christ, but Peter's heart was totally driven for Christ. Judas was a betrayer. Judas was a devil. Jesus called him a devil. Judas was a thief. John called him a thief. Judas was one of the apostles. But, again... His heart wasn't all the way with Christ. He would never, he never have could have, he never could have betrayed Christ if his heart was totally set for Christ. And uh, there's all kinds of theories about that, and I don't like the theories, and I don't care to talk about them. But again, um, but Peter was awesome. And then Jesus commanded, verse 11 again, "Put your sword away, shall I drink the cup the Father has given me?" Jesus knew what was coming, and that cup was a cup of bitterness, a cup of suffering, a cup of death. Jesus knew the bitter cup. This is a bitter cup, a bitter, the bitterest, most bitter cup that's ever been or ever will be. One human being, God in a human body, took the sin of the world upon himself because he loved us so much. Man, don't tell me God don't love me. All of my sin, past, present, future, went upon the Son of God. And all the world, the billions of people, and all of their sin, you know, sin singular, was upon Christ. Every bit of it was on Jesus. He became sin. The Bible says he became sin so that we might be made the very righteousness of God. We've been made God's righteousness because the Son of God took our sin and exchanged place. He was the righteousness of God. He exchanged his righteousness for our sin. And we got his righteousness. He got our sin. And again, Jesus completely... Um, uh, completely focused. Put put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup? The Father. So he knew what was coming, and he says, "Hey, I've got to drink this cup, Pete. Put your sword away. Don't be messing with the plan here." But man, <laughs> Jesus said, and I think somewhere in John, he says, "No one takes my life. I lay my life down of my own. My Father has given me the ability to lay my life down and to pick it up again, to take it up again." Jesus laid his own life down. Nobody took Jesus' life away from him. He laid it down of his own choice so that we might be saved. Verse, uh, Anna's question, Jesus, we're getting into a whole different thing. We're going to go through this part here. It's 12 through 23. We're only 11 minutes in. Let's cover this. And this will be about the halfway point. Uh, this is Anna's question. Then the detachment of soldiers with his commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jews it would be good if one man died for the people. It says that Caiaphas, in a different account, says Caiaphas, as the high priest, was filled with the spirit. And he, he said it would be better if one man died for the, the people than all the people died. So it was the Holy Spirit moved him to say that, to prophesy. So Jesus is taken uh, first to Annas. 
um, was a fellow, and and then uh, he was he brought first uh, brought him first to Annas. So, the, so he was taken to Annas, and then uh, Caiaphas uh, was right behind there. And then verse fifteen. So he was questioned by the high priest. So, and then verse fifteen. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Were following Jesus. Uh, most people believe that was John, who wrote the Gospel of John, though who's with Peter, because this disciple was known to the high priest. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside the door. You know, Peter, G, um, John was 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 the closest one to Jesus. He's the apostle that Jesus loved, and this account this. This gospel is is completely different. It's a personal one-on-one the, the declaration as Jesus as the Son of God. The gospel of John is precious. It's my favorite gospel. It's so intimate, so personal. And so this guy was intimately acquainted with the high priest. And uh, But Peter had to aside. The other disciple was known to the high priest. It was, he, the, see, John was known to the high priest. Came back and spoke to Grand Duty and there brought Peter. And so John went in and, and got, uh, got Peter allowed to be brought him into the courtyard. And then Peter comes in the courtyard and all hell is about to break loose, which Jesus warned him it was going to break loose. And bad stuff was coming. Uh, and Pete wasn't ready for it. Here it comes. You are not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold and the servants and officials stood around a fire. They had made they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I have always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I have done nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. So, okay, first we have Peter's first denial here. Okay, but then you know, the high priest is questioning Jesus about his disciples. And Jesus said, look, man, I've always been at the temple. I've always been at the synagogues. I've done nothing in secret. Well, ask the people in your earth. I mean, Jesus was an open book. I mean, Jesus did everything in public. And he, he just he's like, hey, you know, what's the deal here? You know what my ministry is about. Why are you even questioning me about it? Um and then verse 22, when Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? <laughs> Smack Jesus hard. And then he says, is this the way you answer the high priest? Um, Jesus said, if I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Annas uh, sent him, still bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Annas had been the high priest, now Caiaphas was the high priest. So, you know, the guy hits him. Jesus said, what did I say that was wrong? Jesus, and Jesus didn't blaspheme the high priest. Not at all. And we'll go on a little further because you have to see uh, where, and where, where Jesus, uh, Peter's first denial was in verse 17. So let's go on just a little bit further because I want to get the whole denial thing in there. As Simon Peter stood warming himself, he asked, uh, he was asked, oh, you are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. Remember, Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, no way, I'll follow you to death. Well, here he is and doing it. And then uh, verse 26, one of the high priest servants, a relative of the man who, who's, whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him saying, didn't I see you in the olive grove? Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. Man, I've thought about this moment, man. I bet you for the rest of his life, and roosters crow and bothered Peter. 
guy that was sold out got weak. That's again. This is the again we talk about Judas and Peter. Peter got afraid. Peter got emotional. He got scared. He fell short. And in a moment of weakness, he denied Christ three times. Even and even after Jesus telling him he'd do it, he still did it. Judas cold-heartedly, calculatingly sold Jesus down the river for 30 pieces of silver. He made a plan and he carried out the plan. And he led the, the betrayer, Judas, led them to Christ to arrest him. Total different. They both betrayed Christ, absolutely. But their hearts were a million miles apart from each other. Peter got weak and his heart was still right. But Judas's heart was, was totally wrong. And again, most of us... If you're listening and you're struggling with stuff, listen. God knows your heart. If your heart's totally sold out for Christ, yet you have a flesh and a mind that's driving you nuts. You've got some stuff. You're addicted to some stuff, struggling with some stuff. Alcohol, porn, drugs, um, whatever. You know, and those are the big ones that always come to your mind. But there's a million things that we can be struggling with in our lives. You know, being honest. Some people are. Some people struggle with not with lying. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff. Man, if you're struggling, keep your heart right. I talk about this often. Guard your heart. And keep a repentant heart. When you struggle and you fall short, come to the Lord and say, I fell short. I'm sorry. I repent. Help me with this weakness. And and Paul and and, and God and and God told Paul, Hey, my my power is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient. The grace of God on us is sufficient. His power is made perfect. And we all have weakness. Every one of us in Christ has weakness. I don't care if you're Billy Graham. I don't care if you're Mother. You know Mother Teresa, when she died, before she died, she wrote about even questioning her own salvation that she didn't think she did enough. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Graham says, man, I just, you know, I don't feel like I scratched the surface of the world. You know, his one regret he hadn't read the Bible more. We all, I don't care if you're a name brand guy like Billy Graham or Mother Teresa or any of these other guys with name recognition. We all are struggling with something. Satan knows our weaknesses and he's coming at us full bore all the time. But don't have a heart like like Judas. Don't let your heart get hard like Judas. Don't destroy your own heart. Don't sear your conscience. If you if you mess up, fess up. Come boldly to the throne of mercy and grace in your time of need and confess to God, hey, I'm screwing up. I'm struggling with this. It's killing me. Be honest with God. He sees it all anyway. Why hide it? He sees it. And again, Peter denied Jesus three times publicly. That's a big deal. God said, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. But Pete did was a big deal. Yet his heart was right. He didn't he didn't intentionally deny Christ before men, but he just screwed up. He messed up. And Jesus later on in John restores him. I love, I can't wait to get to that in chapter 21, I believe. Pete's restoration. And then Pete's the one who led everybody, he led, led the church at the, um, uh, the day of Pentecost. He spoke boldly for Christ. 3,000 people were saved. So, man, if you're struggling, if you're struggling, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't harden your heart. Don't stop repenting. Deal with your heart. Deal with your sin before the Lord. Just be honest with Him. Just take it right to Him. Don't run away from God. Run to Him. And say, I've, I've, I've fallen again. First John says, if you confess your sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Not just that sin, but all unrighteousness. 
man, he's faithful and just. He won't give up on you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He loves you in your mess that he knew your mess before he saved you before jesus died he knew your mess in particular he knew my mess he knew all the darkness we'd be in. he knew everything we'd struggle with and yet he still died on a cross for us because he loves us in our mess we're going to be perfect someday this today isn't that someday yet unless the rapture happens today and we're all made perfect today <laughs> but if that doesn't happen before 12 midnight we're all still struggling <laughs> love you love you can't get enough of you Man, it just, again, single-minded Christ, single-minded focus. He's hanging on the cross thinking about us, hanging on the cross loving us, hanging on the cross forgiving the guys that crucified him. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Enough said. I wonder why we love Jesus so much, why we love his Father, love the Spirit that's come into us to make Christ alive inside of us. We are blessed. If you're in Christ today, you're blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. There's billions of people that don't even know what we're talking about here. Billions of people that have never been evangelists. Pray for the 1040 window. Pray for those people who have never heard of Christ. Never heard the testimony of Christ. Pray that God evangelize the whole world before it's over. And because he said it's going to go to every nation. So pray that that starts and that that is happening. So that the people of the world have a chance to come to Christ. Love you, love you. I could go on forever. Just love this stuff. Love you, love you.